Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all ships at sea, and welcome to another edition of Tall Tales and Tall Boys, the podcast that is about everything, the podcast that's about nothing. It's just about having a good time and a good drink. My name is Zach. Thank you so much for listening to us, as always. I am here with my co-host, much in the style of 21st century cinema. We're going to take a classic character, and we're going to switch the genders on it. So joining me is Pappy Longstockings himself. Derek, how you doing, brother? Oh, hello! Toodaloo! I'm doing great. How's everybody out there? Thanks for tuning in again. we got another fantastic episode for you guys. But first, we got to get to the important part. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. That's good stuff right there, baby. Oh, cold. So, before we get into this week's topic, we got to take the DeLorean back just a little bit. We don't have to quite get up to 88 miles an hour. Maybe like 65-ish. 68. Concerts was our topic last week. Um, feel like the show went pretty well. I do have to bring up one topic, which this will be a recurring theme going forward. I have to bring up one topic that I didn't bring up last week, and that is, what is potentially the funniest thing you've seen at a concert? Uh, the artist fell off stage. You have to give us more than that. At, uh, at the very I, least, who was the artist? Uh, it was an opener for um, one of the... Con- uh, oh, what was the show? I was at uh, Gary Allen. I'm sorry. It, my brain was just fried for a second. It was at Gary Allen, and the opening guy, I think he went to step off the stage to go down into the crowd and misjudge where the edge of the stage was and just full face plant scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he committed to the bit. Um, I have to say, mine was at a Blackstone Cherry concert at Odd Bodies in Dayton, Ohio. This is also a bit of a lesson for anybody out there. Careful who you mess with at a concert. I saw a gentleman there who had to be on supplements, shall we say, uh, and he's trying to start a mosh pit type kind of situation while Blackstone Cherry is going on, and that's not really moshing music. But he's trying to do it with this little 100-pound, she-couldn't-have-been-5-foot-6 woman. Now, this guy was probably every bit of 5'10", probably about 180. And he's getting all up in her business. She shoves him back. He goes running up, she gets in her business. She shoves him back. Third time this happens, she shoves him back, and then she's coming after him, just throwing haymakers <laughs> like she's going 12 rounds with Holyfield. I mean, she was ready to go wholesale ass-kicking on this sorry motherfucker. That would have been poetic justice if she'd have knocked him the hell out. Oh, man, it was it was beautiful. It was just, you know, just honey badger, just err, just right after him. All right, so while we're on the top of musica here. Top of musica? Top of musica. It's top of the musica to you for all you early birds out there. So I am the Paps, so I'm full of old, stupid jokes, okay? So I got one for you on the topic of music. What kind of music is a balloon scared of? I don't know. Pop music. You're dismissed. <laughs> um, I will be taking submissions for a new co-host starting next week. But nevertheless. Alright, we're going to get into this week's topic, which are <clears throat> movies. 
We've all seen a few. Potentially, we've made a few. They could even be on certain sites that we all go to. We don't necessarily admit it, but nevertheless. YouTube. One of them could have tube in it. <laughs> or in the tube. Nevertheless, we're getting <laughs> on. Onward, onward, on, onward. <laughs> onward. Onward and upwards. Danger Bull Robinson. <laughs> uh, Save me, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. You're my only hope. To, to start off with, um, you know, we do have to mention the pandemic from time to time because it is the world that we are living in. Um, we're starting to see movie theaters kind of open up just a little bit here and there now. How successful do you realistically think it's going to be? Because the the cultural institution, at least in the United States, of going to the movie theater, you know, you go in there, you get the popcorn, maybe some candy, you sit down in your seat, you're watching the previews, you're critiquing all the previews. It's kind of become a dying thing in and of itself with um, streaming digital copies of films and just the ready availability of everything. I think another thing you need to look at, just the cost of a movie ticket nowadays is outrageous. You know, when you're seventeen or eighteen dollars just to get into a movie, like that makes it tough if you got a family of four. Well, there, right there, you have a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. You know, did they hike up the prices so um, uh, distributors had to find other avenues with which to get their movies to people, mm-hmm. or because all of these different forms of distribution are now available, these movie theaters are trying to make the same profit with fewer people. Well, and I think you're going to kind of see this battle escalate uh, as newer and newer releases come out. Um, Trolls World Tour released straight to streaming service, but it released at a premium streaming price with all the movie theaters being closed. So it was like a $20 movie rental instead of the 4 or $5 like it normally is. See, that's nuts. And and I, full disclosure, I have not really um, jumped on too many newer titles that have come out that way since the whole thing has That's happened. just the one I, I know off the top of my head because my daughter uh, was super excited about it. Well, I can tell you um, one thing is particularly if you see a preview for a movie and you're like, you know, that could be good, but I don't know if it's, you know, 15 to 18 dollar good. Yeah. I don't have quite that much faith in it. You know, you might be willing to wait that three or four months for it to come out either as a physical copy or as a digital. I mean... Or even the, the, the discount dollar saver type movie theaters. Well, you know, just, just as an example... Um, I own all of the new, uh, the newer Star Wars movies. I bought them all as physical copies, but I also got the digital uh, codes with them. And the turnaround on those was about two and a half to three months with the digital. You could purchase the digital copy, or if you waited that extra month to month and a half, um, you could purchase the physical copy. So I think, and that's a quick turnaround. You know, mm-hmm. That was not available when we were kids and we were waiting on shit to go to VHS. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're that old. Blockbuster, baby, on a Friday night. Getting, get your movie, get your pizza, and uh, you, know, you have 17 people at your house for a little Friday night movie party. Now, 
I'm going to need you to possibly remind me of this later because that is going to be, um, that is related to one of the hot takes that I could potentially have later. We will be discussing some cinematic hot takes that may or may not be popular. Um, what was the last movie that you can remember going to the premiere of? Hmm. I think we saw a midnight showing of Avengers when it came out. The, the first one. The original Avengers? The original Avengers. Um, I believe that's the first premiere for a midnight showing that I had went to. I need to get you out of the house more that's not related to going to a bar. Uh, this is true. You pitiful, sad, sad, sad little man. man. Yep. Um, I know I went to the... Uh, premiere of Rise of Skywalker. I think that was the last one I went to, which was phenomenal. Okay. Um, so, you know what? We're just going to segue right into it because now all of these are flooding into my head. We don't have a very strict format on this show, ladies and gentlemen, so we just kind of go with the flow. As the drinks are flowing, see, it's all connected. I'm a goddamn genius. Oh, Hot takes. on cardboard. <laughs> well, you know, your album went plywood. It almost went sheetrock. Hot takes. That means it was rock solid, baby. Give me a hot take. <laughs> uh, hot take. I have never seen the movie Anchorman, and I have zero intention of seeing it. This does not count as my hot take, but neither have I. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, for one. Although, I will say, um, Will Ferrell does a podcast as the character Ron Burgundy from Anchorman. Okay. And I can say, just based on the previews for that podcast that I have heard, that sounds entertaining. I may sit down and watch... I'm not opposed to seeing either of the Anchorman movies. I just never have. But, as as we're sitting here talking about this, one of my hot takes is I do not mind Batman and Robin, the movie. Ooh, Okay. Everybody shits on that movie seven ways. Well, they shit on both of the Joel Schumacher-directed Batman movies, but that one in particular... It was a little rough. Well, it's so loaded with puns. Uh, Yeah. Mr. Freeze, you know, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, making all the cold puns, and you have Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy (laughs) making all the plant-based puns. I love it. And part of the reason that I do love it is because as a younger child... I didn't see either of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Okay. I didn't even see uh, the Val Kilmer Batman Forever. So this was kind of your first introduction to Batman. The first Batman movie I ever saw, and I'm pretty sure it was with you and your brother at one of our various houses just on like a Friday night. All the parents are getting together. They got Batman and Robin from a video store. Okay. They stuck it in, and they just went to town. And now... Keep in mind, I'm not claiming it's Citizen Kane. I'm saying it entertains me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not claiming not it. one for the people, but it's one for you. It's a little bit of Schadenfreude <laughs> of movie. You could potentially say, "All right, give me another one." Oh, another hot take. I heard a little rumor. Oh, we heard a we heard a rumor. Fucking ding, ding, ding. What, what's the stock show where the guy has all the fucking sound effects? We need some of them. <laughs> Nevertheless, that you rumor. are not a Seth Rogen fan. How is that one of your hot takes? I just I don't see it, man. I like him. I he think his movies the are funny. On me, I know. Yeah, ha ha. 
Ugh, the shoe is on the other foot, and I'm wearing both. No, I'm not a Seth Rogen fan, and tangentially related, I'm not a huge Jonah Hill fan either. It's... So, I, I, I do like Jonah Hill. Moneyball was fantastic. I thought he was really good in that. Um, I, I have actually not seen Wolf of Wall Street, surprisingly, so that, that could be my hot take for you. Um, I do. It is on my list to get to when I have five Tell minutes. the truth, though. You've seen the scenes with Margot Robbie. Uh, hasn't everybody? And I would love to have a yacht that size. That would be amazing. I don't live in a glass house. I'm not throwing stones. <laughs> It's just, from from what I have seen, somebody could show me a particular role, and I could potentially like them in that role. But just based on a lot of the stuff, well, a lot of the previews, I guess I should say, that I've seen, it's just, it seems to me like it's it's just pure stoner funny. Uh, some of them are. I can, um. I can take some stoner funny, but it's just, just pounded in the head. Okay, so I've got I've got a movie that I'll let you take home tonight to watch. Um, it's called Paul. Seth Rogen is an alien, and he runs into Simon Pegg, and I forget the other guy's name. They're two uh, English characters that have come to America to do a comic con slash like extraterrestrial tour across the states, and they run into Paul the alien, and it's a Good old tale. I thought it was pretty funny. I just watched it again the other day. So maybe check it out and see if we can get you converted. I'm to willing Seth to be proven wrong. I'm not motherfucking them. I'm not damning them to hell as the spawns of Satan and that they do inappropriate things with stuffed animals. All I'm saying is, from the media of theirs that I have seen, I am not a fan in any way. Now, since you did this to me, you some bitch. <laughs> I wasn't even going to do this to you, but now that you've done it to me, I'm going to turn the tables on you. I don't believe you've ever seen The Godfather. I have. Have you? I've seen the first one. You've seen the first one. You've not seen the second one. I have one. not seen the second one. You need to see the second one. Okay. Um, it is. It is not quite as good as the first one, but, you know, that's like saying the best whiskey that you've ever had and then you take the second best whiskey you've ever had and it was close it's not as good as the first but it's close but you're not dogging it it's still quality product don't see the third one for anybody out there this is a warning to you do not watch the godfather part three i personally own a collection of the godfather movies and it came with the godfather part one the godfather part two and a very lovely coaster that says the godfather part three i've never put it in any player i will not it's horrible now give us another give us another hot take and make it actually one of yours um I don't know. You kind of put me on the spot. We'll kind of have to circle back around to it. What I have been thinking, most quotable movie right off the top of your head. Ooh. Now, I, I, ha I have one in mind. You said that. One immediately came to mind. But I do need a little bit of clarification. Do you mean potentially the movie that I quote most? I'm kind of thinking that 
it, somebody can make a reference, and then if somebody else has seen the movie, they're going to hit you with another one right off a rip. So my example would be Bat Boys. And the scene that always jumps out at me... It would be... It would be Bad Boys 2. <laughs> the scene... Okay, the second one. The scene that always jumps out at me... Uh, they're, they're at uh, Marcus's house, and this uh, guy shows up to take his daughter out on a date. And the, the line that always comes to mind <laughs> is, Who the fuck Reggie? Who the fuck Reggie? <laughs> And it just—it's a whole scene from there, and about him looking thirty and being a ludicrous-looking motherfucker. Now, now th- this is the first. This is the first part of this show that we have gotten into p- the particular minutia of a film. So probably should have been earlier, but I'm gonna stick it in right here. Spoiler alert! Just a broad spoiler <laughs> alert. If you haven't seen any of these films, I'm sorry. Maybe either turn it off right now or skip ahead once you start us hearing. Once you start us hearing. Once you start hearing us talk about a particular film. But also know that this was Zach's fault because this episode was his idea. They're all my idea. Whose computer are we using? Computer don't mean shit if you ain't creating content with it, <laughs> asshole. Um, Bad Boys Two would definitely be a good one. Um, see, I didn't know which way you were going. Because the first one that popped in my head is motherfucker shot me in the ass. <laughs> who? The who would be you? I me, mean, I shot you. I, mean, I was shooting. I did a lot of shooting. Um, actually, the first film that popped in my head, as far as mass appeal, because some of the stuff I like can be a little niche. Um, but Talladega Nights. Okay. The car was like spaceship. You know, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. You gotta control the fear. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. It's goddamn cougar in the car. Yeah, that was that was definitely uh, mine. Oh, that is a very quotable movie as well. Good, good honorable mention. What? Here's one. Here, here's a question for you. What is a film that you have never been able to complete? For whatever reason, but please do expound on the reason. Let's see, uh, American Gangster. I have finished it, but not all in one sitting. It's a great Denzel Washington movie, but it's like three and a half hours long. You little bitch! I got a life, man. I got stuff to do. No, you don't. <laughs> I know you. They, I know your schedule. They don't. To a I, I, I can lie to them. I'm supposed to be important. We're all about honesty. That's why we pop the tops on some fresh cold ones when we start episodes. I will tell you one for me. And it is purely because of content. Okay. The Beatles Yellow Submarine animated movie. That is a rough one. I can't watch it for more than, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes because I feel like, and they probably thought this when they made it, you have to be stoned out of your gourd to enjoy this movie. And I have never been stoned out of my gourd, much less while watching this film. Fair. Very fair. So, I'm going to let Zach kind of take over for a minute here and get started into his top five movies. And I'm going to do my favorite seven letters in the world. Got any guesses? Um, I can Hang think on. of four. 
Yeah, it's B double E double R U N. Be right back. Damn. <laughs> See, mine was G G M B. Go grab more beer. I like that one too. But nevertheless, I'm going to have to cheat right off the bat. I'm going to break this whole format. Now, I am not going with more than five films. But I do have to mention two right off the bat because one is sequel to another. Two of my top five movies of all time are both Boondock Saints movies. They are wonderful. Many people I've spoken to think that one is better than the other. I personally hold them both in similar regard, but for different reasons. The first movie, by far, has more action, and also, you do hear the prayer more. Which, if you've ever seen the Boondock Saints, hearing them do the prayer is a big part of it. But the second one is far funnier. I think the second one is personally more quotable of the two. I think that they have such interesting dynamics because in the first one you have uh, Willem Dafoe playing a homosexual FBI agent. And in the second one you have, and God forgive me, I do not know the actress's name. The character is Eunice Bloom. But she is a female FBI agent. So you have these two very different characters who are filling a similar type of role in terms of how they are interacting with the police and how they are interacting with the McManus brothers. I would have said that I quote Boondock Saints far more than I do most films, but as far as the general public goes, that would be pretty niche. All right, give me one of yours. Um, well, since we're going to do honorable mention before we get to my top five. See, he's cheating too, but he's actually cheating. It doesn't have a number beside it. It just says it just says H M. Ah, cheating bastard. That's, <laughs> that's a that's a two and a half men quote. That's a deep cut. Uh, Bull Durham, uh, right up there with good favorite quotable movie. It's an oldie. It's a goodie. It's classic. It's an old sports movie about baseball. For anybody that's never seen it, it's got a bunch of good lines in it. See, if I was gonna pick if I was gonna pick a uh, a baseball movie. I would have to go, is it Summer Pitch or Fever Pitch? Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch. Or Basketball. There's a hot take for you. The, no, we're not talking... If you're going to watch that movie, we're going to have to start talking about shit like that in the room. <laughs> like, just schadenfreude. Just terrible movies that you love because they're so damn bad. Um, it's like a car crash. You just can't look away. Another one of my, another one of my top five, relating back to a previous conversation, it is the first Godfather. I know it's cliche. Everybody says you've got to watch it. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Well, if a lot of people saying it, but it's just, it's wonderful characters. Marlon Brando is Vito Corleone. You have um, Pacino. That was actually the movie that really kind of broke Pacino out. As Michael Corleone. And who could... Because everybody in their life, I don't care who you are, you have done a Brando impression at some point in your life. Someday, and then they may never come. Everybody's done it. No matter how good, no matter how bad it is, you have done it. But it it, it is a longer movie, but um, I also think, and this is 
tangentially related to what we're talking about. But as far as um, cinematic adaptations of a book, I think it's one of the most accurate that has ever been done. Okay. In my personal I, I can tie into that. So one of my top five is actually Die Hard. Okay? It's a 1988 movie, Bruce Willis, it's a classic, California, Nakatomi Plaza. It is actually based off of a book. It's a 1979 novel, Nothing Lasts Forever. I never knew that was based on any... I never knew that was based on anything other than just somebody said, Hey, let's do a movie, kids. And yippee ki yay mother... Why the hell are you censoring yourself? I haven't been. I choked. (laughs) yippee ki yay motherfucker. See, you say that, that makes me think of Super Troopers. (laughs) Oh, oh, he's getting ahead of me, folks. Um, Speaking of Super Troopers, also on my top five... Is it? I but do. Yeah, save the discussion. We're, we're going back and forth. We're being fair here. Would you wear the bulletproof cup? No. Because <laughs> I don't trust you fuckers not to have some armor-piercing bullets. <laughs> oh, that is a great movie. I know we're kin, but we piss off each other every now and then. License and registration, chicken fucker. <laughs> Mr. Sunshine on my goddamn shoulder, John Denver. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like? Shenanigans? No, don't bullshit me. You guys talking about shenanigans? This has gone so far off the rails, it's awful. Let's reel her back in here. Let's reel her back in. in. Uh, The next one in in my films, and I actually just watched this today um, because I knew there was a possibility this could be the topic we were covering this week. Smokey and the Bandit. It's almost a perfect movie to me. Look at look at the cast alone. You have Burt Reynolds as the as the bandit. You have Jerry Reed as the snowman. Also, in my personal opinion, as a lover of older country music, doing a wonderful soundtrack. You have Sally Fields at her 70s smoking best as Frog. But the, to cap it all off, you have the immortal, the wonderful Jackie Gleason as Sheriff Buford T. Justice, who improved approximately 75% of his lines in that movie as per the agreement to get him to do the movie. So kind of what we're doing it now, just making it up as we go, right? Pretty much, but I and- will never, ever claim that I am near the level of talent that Jackie Gleason is. Just... Just the way the man says some bitch. I got something for your side of the desk. Oh, oh. It, it's a shame that this is not a video podcast <laughs> as of yet. Potentially stay tuned. There's talks in work with the network. But he has just set a little a little pop figure of the bandit just down right in front of me. Yeah, just his break, cowboy hat's bigger than his body. Breaker one nine, breaker one nine. Breaker breaker one nine. <laughs> but just some of the quotes you get from that movie just where Daddy, the roof came off. No shit. <laughs> Daddy, my hat flew off. I hope your goddamn head was in it. Just it. It's such a good movie. It is a total guy's movie, just because some of the humor in it, but also it's a car movie, which generally skews a little more guy. 
but it's wonderful. I, I can sit here and gush, but I'll just ruin the rest of this show, so go to another one. All right. Well, I can segue right off of you. We're rolling and strolling, baby. Uh, Days of Thunder. Top five movie on my list. Ooh, okay. Old, another old... I, I, old movies got a special place in my heart. I love cult classics. Well, let, well um, let's... Let, let, Let's let's break the fourth wall here. You are in your mid-30s. early to mid thirties. I am in the later half of my twenties. But you may have figured it out by now, folks. We're family. <laughs> but both of us being raised around much of the same people, we've seen a lot of the same movies, and a lot of those were older movies. I will say about Days of Thunder just before you start gushing. Um, Potentially another hot take. Not a Tom Cruise guy. Really? Never been a heat. I, I can name you, as I'm sitting here right now, three movies of Tom Cruise's that I like. One of them is Days of Thunder. The other two are Top Gun and Minority Report. Okay. Uh, I, there is one thing that I cannot stand about Tom Cruise. Okay. is it Was it when he was jumping up and down on Oprah's couch? That was funny, but no. <laughs> I, I It drives me absolutely nuts the way he runs. Like his little Mission Impossible arms just flailing, Tom running as fast as he can. Like the Invisible Fires after him. Ricky Bobby reference for anybody that didn't get it. What do you expect? The guy's like 5'6". Yeah, that is true. But I, I will give him props. He does do a lot of his own stunts. He broke his freaking leg do, jumping from one building to another in Mission Impossible. Like that's pretty, that's pretty hardcore. If I broke my leg, I'd be crying. But also, um, just going back to um, one of the reasons that I loved Smoking the Bandit, look at the top, I will say, look at three of the top four uh, billings in Days of Thunder because I, I, feel, I feel bad. I don't know the name of the actor. See, here's, here's the problem, folks. Much as many people say that they know the song... They can't tell you the artist. I can tell you the character name, can't tell you the actor. I can't remember the person who plays Tom Cruise's uh, antagonist, for lack of a better term in the film, Rowdy. No idea what his name is. The, if you look at three of the top four billings in that movie, you have Tom Cruise as Cole Trickle. Yep. You have Robert Duvall... Yep. In one of, in my personal opinion, his best roles um, as Harry. And then you have Nicole Kidman and mm, Smoking Little Doctor. Mm. Batman Forever and Days of Thunder. That's all the Nicole Kidman I need right there, <laughs> baby. But it, it, it's a great movie. It's a funny movie, but it'll also make you feel in a couple of places. A little bit. Um,. That was kind of one of the first movies that I had seen, sports-wise, that really dealt with life consequences outside of what was going on in the movie. You know, you see the wreck, you see him having brain problems, and it kind of started the conversation with, hey, maybe we need to keep an eye on what's going on when, when we hit the wall at 180 miles an hour. Well, actually, if you wanted to get even more serious than that, I mean, you know, our family's been involved in uh, auto racing in some form or another for 30, 40, 40 years, years 40, 45 years, whatever the case may be. Um, 
but it's it's something that a lot of um, auto racing people refer to as the fear. Yeah. That movie truly deals with the fear because he does end up coming back from the physical injuries just fine, but he gets into that car and now he's gun shy. It, he's got the, the what It's the same thing that you see, albeit on a far more comical level, in Ricky Bobby. Mm-hmm. You now have been forced to come face to face with what can truly happen to you if something goes wrong in that car. Correct. But it it's a wonderful movie. It's you know it, it, it's the the kind of what he's talking about. If somebody still doesn't understand the fear, it's that that get back up on the horse moment. You've been thrown off and kicked or stepped on, and it's time to dust yourself off and get back up there. It, it's something that the people that we have seen that we race with they've had a a traumatic wreck. Luckily, they've been able to walk away physically fine. But once they've climbed back into the driver's seat, they finally they're brought face to face, like I said, with the true ramifications of what can happen. Because it, it's no secret not to bring this whole thing down to a screeching halt. But people have died racing cars. It, it's it's just a fact, you know. If if you've heard of nobody else, Dale Earnhardt died driving a race car. You know, you can be hurt, you can your life can be impacted permanently if something should happen to go wrong in these cars. And it's not only his facing of that, but ultimately his overcoming of that, you know, that final race at Daytona where he goes into the cloud of smoke very much in a similar way as when he initially erect but you you kind of see him just you know bear down he takes the couple of deep breaths no i'm gonna beat this and he floors it straight through it yeah and it's it's just the yay hercules moment okay next one on my list oh oh we're skipping me are we yeah well yeah i mean you've been talking for a minute here you might want to take a breath and and take a <sighs> sip roadhouse one of my all-time favorite movies Patrick Swayze Sam Elliott one of the first action tough guy movies that made me cry (laughs) I I can definitely see that when when Patrick Swayze comes back in and and Sam Elliott's character I think his name's Wade in the movie is laying on the bar stabbed to death oh man like I was so sad. It broke my heart because I liked him. He's a sweet old guy, I, but still a badass. I have I have something similar um, coming up. It, it it is related to Sam Elliott um, when I talk about uh, what I believe will be my final uh, top five pick. But no, Roadhouse is an absolute classic. Um, personally, for me, one of Patrick Swayze's best roles. It would. For me, it's a toss-up either between Roadhouse or Red Dawn, the it, original Red Dawn. If you call my mother, it's Dirty Dancing. What, your mother's not a guest this particular <laughs> week, so we're not looking for her input. I'm, don't let her hear you say that. She'll whip your ass. I would never do that. I love you, Aunt Missy. I'm scared to death of his mother. 
But <laughs> all right, so let's what what uh, I still got one more, but I think it's your turn. What you got? So the final in my top five list of all time favorite movies, uh, as I said, it is Sam Elliott related. Tombstone. Oh. Good movie. I saw that movie um, in high school uh, in a, a myths and heroes class. It was an elective that I took, and the teacher who taught the class treated the the cowboy as the American myth. So he showed us this movie, and I've been absolutely in love with it ever since. It's a great movie from start to finish. Once again, the casting is amazing. Uh, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott. Val Kilmer, um, I feel horrible. The guy from Twister who passed away. Uh, um, I feel absolutely horrible. That is Dale Paxton. Um, but for anybody who has ever hated Val Kilmer for his portrayal of Bruce Wayne slash Batman in Batman Forever, I promise you, watch Tombstone. His portrayal of Doc Holliday will forever redeem him. It did in my eyes. I can't promise it will in yours, but if you have a soul, it will. Just, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll tell you, um, part that just hit me square in the chest, um, Val Kilmer, he, he has tuberculosis. Doc Holliday had tuberculosis. Um, and he, he's so sick, he can't ride anymore. And Kurt Russell is going to ride out and meet Johnny Ringo. But Johnny Ringo gets to the graveyard, and and Val Kilmer walks out. You know, Johnny Ringo's expecting Kurt Russell, but he gets Val Kilmer. He says, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. <laughs> and then um, Kurt Russell shows up after the gunfight has happened. And... Uh, Val Kilmer has the little uh, deputy star that Kurt Russell gave him. And they two meet eyes, and he just says, My hypocrisy only goes so far. And it's just... And the end of that movie where uh, Val Kilmer is dying from tuberculosis, and he just... He essentially tells Kurt Russell to leave because... Whatever other faults that Val Kilmer may have um, as Doc Holliday, he was proud, and he he just it's so just walk away and just let me die. Don't look at me in such a pitiful state. It it's a hilarious movie from start to finish. It's a classic western type movie, and it's just uh, I have no end for this bit, so I will take a small bow. What's the final on your top five? I actually have a newer movie on my list. Surprising, I know. Shocker. Well, the whole format's fucked. <laughs> um, my last top five movie is Deadpool. Ooh, the first one? The first one. Now, do you draw a line between uh, um, the extended or non-extended? No, they are both hilarious. Um, I love Deadpool. I'm a huge fan. I got a little sexy Deadpool bobblehead inside my computer. Hopefully we can get this video rolling soon. I'd love to show you guys my little sexy Deadpool. Well, because you have Deadpool in there now, Bandit's going home with me. He don't don't know this shit. We're we're pulling surprises on the air. But, no, absolutely, you know, 
Deadpool is really the first kind of attempt at that style of super... Well... Super, the first true, yeah. Well, super movie. Yeah. I can't say superhero movie because he says in the beginning... He I'm says, not a hero. I may be super, but I'm no hero. So, one of the things with, with especially comic book fandom and things in general... Y'all think about some weird shit sometimes. It just happens. I stumbled upon the, this comment on a post the other day that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. And I'm going to share it with you because if it's bothering me, it's got to bother you too. Okay? It might not bother me because I'm a comic book fan. Wolverine and Deadpool could never be circumcised because it's just going to grow back. Okay. I was like, who thinks of that shit? It just comic book fans with too much time on their hands. I am not living in a glass house nor throwing stones. I am an avid comic book reader. I am not. But you do own a Deadpool comic. I do own a Deadpool comic, uh, courtesy of my special co-host here. No, I'm not the co-host. You're the co-host. Uh, we'll we, figure out titles We are later. not co-hosts. <laughs> I am the host. You are my co-host. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you have to hear these contract negotiations just on the air, but we're all about honesty. Formal protest. Denied. Damn. Informal protest. Denied. Damn. Uh, anybody else got protest ideas, let me know. Use the hashtag protestAF. Because <laughs> I'm down with the kids. I know all the number signs. You know, all those number signs that are big on the tweeting. Oh, the, the, the twatosphere. <laughs> no, that's related to that website we were talking about. Oh, yeah, the about other tu- the other tube. Got it. <laughs> but I I think the one Deadpool had to be rated R. There's no other way they could have done it. No, Merc with the mouth and I think they did a great job with it. The movie was hilarious. It was funny, it was quotable, it was entertaining. And it still told a good story from top to bottom. But it could also make you feel. It, it could did, take yeah. you from laughing to crying. Yeah. Like that. That Deadpool in love. Well, he picked a hell of a one to be in love with, if I may be so I, I just want to know where he was hiding that ring pop. <laughs> See, the, the fact that that wasn't even covered in the extended means we're not meant to know. We don't want to know. That's on that tube site, too, probably. <laughs> okay. Recommendation time. We're uh, one of the things that we that we're going to try and do for you guys, and we like to do, give you an off the cuff kind of recommendation. Maybe something you've never heard of before. Just try and expand your horizons. We'd love to hear from you guys too. We're working on social media. Keep an eye out for the details because we want to hear what recommendation you got for us. What you got, Zach? Now this is this is an off. This is a random recommendation because of part of the subject content. Um, it's Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler from 2008, I believe. Okay. Now, people may not think this is random because it was such a critically acclaimed movie. But here's the reason for me that it is random. Um, I am an avid pro wrestling fan, as you no doubt know. Absolutely, you've talked my ear off about it multiple times. I give you the opportunity to tell me to shut up, and you don't. So that's your fault. But nevertheless, um, you don't have to be a pro wrestling fan to be a lover of this movie. 
the movie is such a heartbreaking tale. It strip away all of the wrestling. At its core, it is the story of the biggest icon in his particular field of sport or entertainment. It shows what happens when, when much of the limelight has faded away. Okay. You know, it shows what he now has to do to both... Um, kind of chase, make ends meet? Uh, we'll both make ends meet, but still chase that high. Okay. Because as, as anybody who has ever performed, it is so addicting. Oh, absolutely. You fall in love with the spotlight and will do just about anything to stay there or get there. But see, and you give me a perfect segue. It shows not only what he has done to achieve that fame and try desperately to cling on to that fame, but the consequences that it has reaped throughout his life. His body is broken down. He has almost no relationship with his daughter. And to see him try and start to claw that back, and he starts to, and then he makes a horrible mistake, not excusing it, because it was 100% his fault. You have to watch the movie. I'm not going into a whole lot of specifics, because the the generality that I can put this in is what makes it such a good movie, because I can tell you what's happening without getting specific, or more importantly, relating it back to pro wrestling. So, just, he makes a mistake, and all this hard work that he has scratched and clawed for, it starts to fall away. And he feels he has nothing left. So, he is now going to give his magnum opus, damn the torpedoes, he's going to do the big thing that he shouldn't do. I think we've all had one of those in our lives. Okay, my recommendation... John Travolta movie, okay? Oh, God. Please it, tell me it's not Wild Hogs. It is not Wild Hogs, although <laughs> although funny. It is not my recommendation. I'd never want to see a 45-year-old man skinny dipping in a hot spring, okay? Just not my cup of tea. Your browser history bakes to differ. <laughs> my John Travolta movie that I am going to recommend is From Paris with Love. He's an American spy overseas, busting up a terrorist operation. Great movie. It's where I learned that it's called a quarter pounder is an American Royale with cheese overseas. It's a great movie. Just check it out. You guys will enjoy it. It's, it's, it's definitely a good one. I don't want to give away any details, but it's a good action spy flick from Paris with love. That, that has to be specifically to non-English speaking countries. Because I can tell you, in the UK, it's still a quarter pounder. Okay. So that just... Maybe that's one of those just uh, urban myths that has taken foot. I've, I've not seen it, but from what I can recall, it was, it was a pretty well-panned movie. It was pretty fairly well. I think it did played. get. I think it did get well reviews, and um, it definitely will tug at the the strings of drama a little bit for you as well. So since you fucked it up last week, I'm gonna give you a mulligan and let you try it again and take us home. I'm hurt <laughs> that you would ever bring that up. Oh, I'm never gonna let you forget it. You sorry bastard. <laughs> I'm about to give my Twitter handle where they can send their auditions to be my new <laughs> co-host. But nevertheless, 
Formal but, protest. Not only denied, you're fired. Hey, hey, so I think that's trademarked. You got to sell down there. I didn't say it with a New York accent. Okay, okay. I didn't even say it with a Vince McMahon growl. Take us home, but Super Chief. All right, that's going to be it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, we've got some stuff coming your way. We've got a, a whole bunch of topics that we're really excited to discuss. We're going to get some music slapped on this motherfucker. Um, we're maybe going to get some social media up and running here relatively soon. But for now, may you get what you want. May you get what you need. But may you never get what you deserve. We'll see you next time, guys. Cheers, y'all.